On this episode of No Mercy, we're talking about a lot of things. The American dream. And guess what else? The one and only LL Cool J. He's up next. First things first, this is about truth telling. I have no agenda. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what No Mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah! This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the newest podcast in the world, the one and only No Mercy, hosted by yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It is an honor and a privilege to be here. And what you're going to hear from me on quite a few occasions, if not with every single podcast that I ever do, is first giving praise to you all and gratitude to you all for listening to this podcast. Obviously, you've got a lot of things to do with your time and for you to take time out of your busy schedules. To listen to anything that I have to say is an extreme honor that I never take for granted. I have and will always appreciate. And I will show my appreciation and I fully intend to show my appreciation by giving you all of me. That means what I feel, what I believe, what I stand for on a case by case basis. That's really what this is all about. This podcast, No Mercy, spelled K-N-O-W, not N-O, but K-N-O-W, No Mercy, is hosted by yours truly. And the reason why it is so is a, is a, it's of so much importance to me is because it's the first time in my career that I've had complete unadulterated freedom to speak my piece on a plethora of issues. For those of you who don't know me, yes, I am a well-known sports commentator invading the airwaves of ESPN on a daily basis. You can see me on the show first take every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, talking sports. What you can't see is what you're going to get here. What you can't hear on that show is what you're going to get here on this podcast. That's me talking about things that far extend beyond the parameters of the sports world. That means news. That means politics. That means pop culture and entertainment. That means social justice issues. That means a whole bunch of things that I want to get into. Now, why on earth would I be interested in talking about such subjects, particularly when I'm living quite well and making quite a decent living as a sports commentator? It's a very simple answer to that question. I'm a man. I'm an American citizen. I'm a human being who loves this country and loves this world and wants us all to be better and wants to contribute as best as I possibly can to making this world a better place. And that means that when I believe there's an absence of common sense, trying to bring common sense into the equation, that believes when I think something needs to be addressed with a level of objectivity and fairness, that that's something that I'm willing to do. 
That means I'm going to call it out when I don't see it. That means I'm going to bring attention to it when I think it's absent. That means that on this podcast, I'm not going to hesitate to address and to tackle the issues that are near and dear to my heart on a case-by-case basis. This podcast, No Mercy, will be three times a week for at least an hour. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I I can't lie to you. Knowing me, I'm going to get on folks' nerves because I might give you more than that from time to time. Depends on my mood. Depends on what, what kind of mood I'm in. I got producers. I got executive producers. I got writers. I got researchers. I'm, I, I, I might interrupt this Saturday afternoon or this Sunday morning. If I feel like giving a damn sermon, that's the mood I'm in. That's just how I am. And in case you were wondering that, oh, my goodness, ah, here we go. I mean, Stephen, I mean, we've seen you on TV before, Stephen. I mean, there's really nothing to say. I mean, you're not going to tell us anything new. Oh, somebody done told you wrong. I'm a registered independent for a reason. I don't believe in partisanship. I don't believe in following the path of somebody that's got a D next to their name, attached to the left-hand side of their name, or an R, representing Democrat or Republican. I don't fall for any of that. There are some days I'm a flaming liberal. There are other days I'm a stout and unapologetic conservative. It depends on the issue. And for you for one second to think that you can predict what direction I'm going to go in, again, I'll regurgitate my comment. Somebody done told you wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, I can go down the list. Gun control. Second Amendment rights. Some people will sit up there and say, damn it. How dare you think you're going to take my my Second Amendment rights? How dare you think you're going to violate that? Sometimes I agree with them. But when you talk about AK-47s or AR-15 rifles, and you're talking about mass shootings that take place across this country, whether it be in Colorado, Florida, Buffalo, or wherever the case may be, Uvalde, Texas, I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Modifications are the order of the day. How dare you say something like that, Stephen A? Very, very simple. Last time I checked, it wasn't just the U.S. Constitution. There were amendments to that Constitution. Even our founding fathers felt the need to modify, to amend. Who the hell are we to think we better than that? That we're supposed to be married to one monolithic viewpoint and ask that. That ain't the real world. And on no mercy... You're going to hear a lot about the real world. You're going to hear those words, real world, very, very often. Because frankly, I think on far too many occasions, we're lacking it. Roe v. Wade, abortion. Oh, my God, Stephen A., please don't go there. Oh, my Lord, Stephen A., please don't go there. Yes, the hell I am. Ladies and gentlemen, I get where pro-life advocates are coming from. I'm not an advocate for abortion, but I am an advocate of a woman's right to choose. And I'll be damned if I believe any man has a right to tell any woman what she should be doing with her body. That makes me pro-choice. Stephen A., you can't be, you, you can't be both. Yes, I can. This notion that 
You have to be, literally have to be for abortion to be pro-life or against abortion to be pro-choice. I challenge. I am a man who doesn't necessarily support abortion, but I support a woman's right to have one if she so chooses. I'm not God. And neither are any of you. So if that means I'm pro-choice, then basically off of that, yes, I'm pro-choice. I would never stand in the way of a woman's right to choose. I don't believe any man should be telling a woman what to do with her body. By the way, can I take it a step further? Because even though this is not a sports podcast, you won't hear me talking sports more, more often, uh, most of the time. I got to tell you this. Did you know that I am totally against men coaching in the WNBA? We got enough jobs. Can the women have something for themselves? Becky Hammonds, coaching for the Las Vegas Aces. I got news for you. She is a phenomenal coach. Phenomenal. She should be a head coach in the NBA right now. She has the pedigree. She has the resume. She has the support. She has the credentials. She's got it all. She had to go to the WNBA to get a job. But we got men coaching all over the WNBA. I don't even know their name. I don't even know their names. And I cover sports for a living. I wouldn't know who they were if they walked down the street. If the men, if if women can't coach in the W in the NBA, I'm sorry, then men shouldn't be coaching in the WNBA. Period. I'm a strong advocate for that. Voter suppression. <sighs> I'm a black man. I came into this world black. I'm here black now. And I'm going to leave black too. That's just the way it is. Get over it. So when we talk about the issue of voter suppression, fewer early voting locations, reduced voting hours, limits on voting by mail, might sound innocuous. But when arguments are made that those issues target the, and, and, and serve to diminish the voting power of black people and people of color, you damn right. I think there's legitimacy to that argument. But is it Jim Crow laws? Ain't that a different issue altogether? I mean, I recall people being denied the right to vote. That's entirely different than being inconvenienced from voting. See the difference? Sometimes we got an obligation to bring these things up. Because when you're not specific with your critique and you try to dissect things as we go along, guess what ends up happening, ladies and gentlemen? People are able to find holes in your argument and as a result, diminish the potency of it. And because of it, you find yourself whistling into the wind while they continue to do the nonsense that they're doing. Whatever that may be, whatever subject we might be talking about. All of those things are pertinent to me. Immigration is a problem in this country. When over 2 million illegal immigrants have come into the country, but I'll be damned if I'm supportive of separating parents from their children or children from their parents and putting kids in cages and acting as if they're inhumane or exercising inhumane behavior because of our lack of sensitivity to another human being created by God.
There's got to be a middle ground somewhere. Don't tell me that it isn't. And don't tell me that politicians don't know any better. I'm never going to accuse them of not caring. But I will challenge whether or not they care enough. Because when right from wrong gets usurped by this need and greed for power, and it compromises your better judgment as a human being, it's problematic. When I thought about doing this podcast, I said to myself, you know something? I remember going on TV one time and talking and, and calling myself the American dream. I said, it's not Jay-Z. It's not, it's not Shaq. It's not Kobe, God rest his soul, or somebody like that. Those are one in a billion. Those are fantasies that became reality. The American dream to me is something more obtainable. It's when you put on your boots, strap up your boots and get to work, put your head down, grind, scratch and claw, pound the pavement, put in that work, work relentlessly and tirelessly to achieve your goals. Capable of elevating yourself from nothing to being somebody of significance. That has been my life. I was raised in Hollis, Queens, ladies and gentlemen, born in the Bronx, raised in Hollis, Queens. I got left back in the third grade because I had a first grade reading level. Got promoted at the end of that summer to my right grade after being mocked and humiliated by kids in the neighborhood all summer long. But I got promoted back to my right grade that September and went to the fourth grade. Completed the fourth grade, still had a first grade reading level, got left back again. Because my reading level was still at a first grade level. I grew up never believing in myself. It's in my book. Got a book coming out. It's entitled Straight Shooter by Simon & Schuster. It'll be out on shelves and in bookstores everywhere and what have you. January 17th, 2023. But this podcast came first for a reason. Because when I think about this podcast, No Mercy, by yours truly, I think about my seventh grade teacher, Mr. Caravan at PS 192 in Queens, New York. I think about the moment my life began to change for the better because he looked my mother in the face in a parent-teacher outing, and he said to her, your son is no dummy. He kind of believe he is because he never fails to remind everybody that he got left back because he wears that shame with him wherever he goes. His problem is not lack of intelligence. His problem is that he drifts because he gets bored very, very easily. And he doesn't maintain focus. So you'll think he doesn't understand something when in fact, that's not the problem. The problem was he never heard a word that you said because he wasn't listening because he drifted. But when your son is focused and he hears you loud and clear, there's no one sharper. Figure out what your son loves. And you'll have a star in your hands. And that's where it all began. I went to high school, studied electrical installation because my mother made me go to a trade school. Thomas Jefferson, Thomas, uh, Thomas A. Edison, I'm sorry, vocational and technical high school in Queens, New York, right off the Grand Central Parkway. Because I stupidly kept telling my mother I didn't want to go to college. And she said, you're going to learn a trade because you ain't going to be a bum. And ultimately, I got me a basketball scholarship. I was 5'9", 130 pounds coming out of high school, but I could really shoot. I dropped 27 points at a tournament at Fashion Institute of Technology, and they ended up signing me to a partial scholarship. 
I was there for a year, went to Winston-Salem State University and HBCU. I didn't know what historically black colleges and universities were back then. I had no clue. I had no clue of a legend by the name of Clarence Big House Gaines that played a role in integrating the sport of basketball. And when I was there and I was surrounded by people who looked like me and shared my own cultural identity and pushed me and prodded me and demanded a level of excellence from me and thereby accountability, it changed my life forever. Because as I continued to grow and mature and get better and better and better, they reminded me that I owed them something. And when I asked what it was, they said to be the greatest that you can possibly be. So you'll be in a position to make sure that we're remembered while you uplift people from our community and your community to be everything they can be just like you did. That is why I have no mercy. That is why this podcast exists. Because for the first time in my life, I sit here before you all with no limitations. I'm not just talking sports. I'm talking about everything and anything that matters. That's how you make a difference. That's how you begin to make inroads. That's how you start and ignite true accountability. That's where real change for the better begins. This is a special ride. I know it's special to me. I have no doubt it's special to my team. And I certainly hope it's special to the audience that I'm blessed to have by doing this podcast. This is everything to me. Everything. And I hope it'll mean a lot to you all, too. It's no mercy with Stephen A. Smith. Buckle up. This is just the beginning. And you think I'm saying that for just myself. Wait till you hear from my next guest. Don't touch that dial. More coming your way in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? You know, when I thought about doing this podcast, this is one of the first people in the world that I wanted to talk to. I have admired him for a very, very long time. We're homeboys. I'm three months older than this man, ladies and gentlemen. But guess what? Like I talk about, like I talk about myself as the American dream. Excuse me. Let me tell you something about this guest right here. This is a man that is a multiple Grammy Award winner, two-time host of the Grammy Awards, 13 albums under his belt, has gone on to become a successful businessman, author, movie star, television host, and for the last 13 years has starred as Detective Sam Hanna on the hit CBS crime drama. NCIS Los Angeles. He is the first rapper to be recognized at the 40th Kennedy Center. Honors, which is America's highest achievement in the field of performing. 
and hails from a neighborhood I know a little something about. Ladies and gentlemen, his mama named him James Todd Smith, but the world knows him as the one and only <laughs> LL Cool J. My brother, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, baby. What's happening? What's happening? You know, Al, uh, you know, when I when I decided to do this podcast, man, let, let me tell you why I wanted to talk to you, because for so many years, I just think it's important that everybody knows I've had so much admiration for you, for your greatness. But it, it wasn't just as an artist. I'm growing up in Hollis, Queens. You were growing up five minutes away on Farmers Boulevard. And you were a teenager, no rock the bells, I need a beat, you know, kids about my, my radio, I mean a whole bit. You were just doing big things. And first of all, as you sit here now and reflect on your career, what do you see when you look at you? <laughs> well, I see somebody who has achieved miraculous things. You know what I'm saying? Um, what I've been able to achieve is... Uh, it's nothing short of remarkable. Um, I credit God. I credit, you know, obviously I put a lot of work in. I credit God. I credit, you know, the work that I put in. I also credit, you know, my mother and my grandmother, my grandfather, and the way they kind of program my sof software, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? And um, look, I, I see a lot of things I did right. I see a lot of things I could have did better. Um, but But based on, you know, the opportunities and the information that I had, <laughs> I've done very well. <laughs> when you say you could have done better, understand that's hard for people to imagine. When I just spit out your resume and what you've accomplished, it's hard for anybody yeah. to imagine what, what could LL have done better? What do you think you could have done better as you do reflect on what you've accomplished? I think that... um. One of the things that's really, really important, no matter how successful you are, as you go along in your career, is to pay attention. And I think sometimes one of the, it's a dichotomy because success, you're successful. The dichotomy is you may or may not be paying attention to the flaws in your game. It's kind of like it's kind of like a boxer who can who wins on reflexes and natural ability but doesn't pay attention to the fundamentals it can catch up with you so for me i think um i you know in a lot of ways bulldozed my way to where i got you know what i'm saying and i think um there's nothing wrong with that it's a blessing i'm just saying that you know i would encourage people and, and as they're on their journey like if you just starting out or you know even wherever you're at in your career it's never too late to really 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 pay attention to analyze yourself to analyze what you've done and to take a look at what you did wrong i'll give you an example like and i'm not a basketball aficionado like you <laughs> but you look at the, the the bulls with the 72 game you know 72 winning you know game season right it's like they still could look at those other you know, 10 games or so and say, okay, what did we do wrong? Where didn't we execute? Where weren't we paying attention? So what I'm basically saying is success is not an excuse to not analyze what's going on in your life so that you can improve even on that, right? That's what I think. It's interesting because so many people stop me and they're like, damn, you know, Stephen, you're from Hollis, Queens, man. Look at what, look at what you accomplished. And and, I, and they talk about so much talent that comes from Hollis. You know, I grew up with Run DMC. 
Jam Master J lived right at the God rest his soul, lived right up the block from me. Ron was dating a girl that was living on my block. Yeah. You know, I see DMC all the time. I'm playing at a Park. Yeah. I'm playing at 192 or whatever. And I'm looking at all of y'all. And I was like, that's where it came from. And that's why it was so important. I'm talking to you now. I plan on talking to Ron and those guys down the road because I'm sitting there like, y'all did it for me. Y'all showed me the way. I'm sitting there growing up as a teenager yeah. in Hollis, Queens, wondering what is it that I could do. And I often marveled at you being a teenager and being so aggressive with your belief. Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. So my grandmother, you know, you know, my grandmother, I was programmed from day one. Like if a task is once begun, never leave it till it is done. Be thy labor, great or small, do it well or not at all. And then she would add to that. She would be like, Todd, I don't care if you got to eat shit with a splinter. When you're trying to accomplish something, you accomplish it. And then she would add, by hook or crook. And she wasn't talking about like a lack of integrity, but she was saying, go get it. And, and you know what? I just, I've always like deeply, deeply, deeply believed in anything that I wanted to do, man. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy because like, you know, even at those times when like, your confidence gets razor thin because of the pressure of, you know, because the bigger the thing you're trying to accomplish, the heavier the weight, the more gravity it has. I just, you know, I just, I just believe. I believe in God and I believe in myself and I'm not going to allow myself to quit. I never allow myself to quit, no matter what. I just figure out another way. I tell you an interesting story and you'll know this to be true. There was a time. Run DMC, suck MCs. They were coming out in the 80s. They had their jam going on. And they were, they were the it. They were the it thing, you know. And we were all talking about them. And right. of course, you had other cats in the game in the Bronx, Kumo D and others. You know, KRS won a whole bunch of cats. But I said, we're acting like there's not room for others. And LL is showing us, oh, you're going to make room for me. I'm not trying to knock anybody down. They're yeah, going to get this, but I'm going to get mine. Yeah. Was that where you were at that particular yeah. moment in time as you reflect? on how you were coming up in the game? I mean, I wanted to be where they were at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I remember walking down the street telling my man, yo, yo, one day I'm going to be where Run DMC is at. And he was like, man, come on, what you talking about, man? Look where they at. I'm like, yeah, all right. It's, it's a desire. I love those dudes. I, it's, it's a hunger and a desire, and it's something that is inside of you. Like, you just want to make it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and just like I said, I would be there. Is the same way where I'm still hungry and thinking about ways to take it to new levels because you know hip hop is a, is a young genre. So for a lot of people, they think that you're supposed to have. They try to treat it like sports, but it's different because this art art is as much as we want to compare it and make the metaphor or the analogy make the analogy that it's like sports. In reality, this is an intellectual thing. So this is about having the ability to be intellectually nimble and creative and articulate your ideas and pay attention and take things to the next level based on that. It's different from sports. So you have the opportunity to get better as you go on when you're an artist. Picasso was doing amazing things as he got older. He had amazing phases of his career and, and, and many other are so, so, you know, for me, it's like, there's no limitation. When I looked at Run DMC, I said, yo, they, these guys are here. I want to get there. Now I'm at this place where it's like, it's the, it's the other kind of pressure. It's like, oh, well, you know, 
you had your moment, so you're not allowed to continue to dream and you're not really allowed to 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 move the culture forward with music or with 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 a company or with whatever because those are the rules. No. I you know, I make my own rules. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't I don't allow I don't let self-imposed limitations be put on me because people have a tendency to, you know, however they was raised is kind of how they see God. Mm. It's like, you know, when people were raised in an oppressive situation, a marginalized situation, a lot of times they they you know, they put those they they put those kind of attributes on how the world's gonna treat them moving forward. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, let me make it a little more simpler. Let me simplify it even more. People just a lot of people think what happened before is what's gonna happen in the future. And I disagree with that. Whether it's good or bad, I think you have to set a tone, have a dream, have a vision, and continue to go after it. And as long as you have a vision and you continue to go after it, there's no limits. But what you mar- where I marvel at what you're saying is this. That's a very intellectual approach. There's no doubt about it. It's simplistic in its own way if you really, really think about it. But it's still, it's still an intellectual approach. And then I think about you coming up in the game and you had cats like Cool Mo D coming at you. I remember those battles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, can a, can a bus, I don't know what the hell he was thinking yeah. about coming at yeah. you. Man, no more respect, no more respect. I ain't trying to disrespect nobody. That's not what this podcast is about. But I remembered all of that stuff. And it was like they were trying, yeah. their definition of how the rap game was supposed to be and how you were supposed to excel in the rap game in the rap game seemed to be significantly different than what you were willing to accept. And I'm wondering how how was that for you? Is that an accurate depiction? You know, I'm not gonna say it's inaccurate. What I would just tell you is that if you're not doing nothing right, people don't attack you if you if you're not doing something right. I told you that. Man, when we was at the big three tournament and they started booing me, and I said, so what? I don't care. <laughs> you get on the podcast, you get on the tube, the tube, the podcast, you talk about sports, you give them your raw, raw, raw intellectual and intuitive insights. Period. And they got to live with it and they got to eat that. When I look at dudes coming at me, you know, these different artists and all, it's like, okay, good. Now, how I choose to respond depends on what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm. Let me pause you there. So when you responded to Kumo cool D when he tried to come at you years ago, what was your agenda? Right. What was your agenda? This is the thing. My agenda at that time was just to be the best and be considered the best and be the man on the mic right you know it's very simple young teenager i just want to be the man on the mic i want to be the best period so anybody who says anything to me i gotta go at him and he's my hero so that would be like you know he was one of my heroes you know so that was like there was a level of absurdity to that to me because i used to listen to this guy i'm sitting there in, the, in my in my attic and in my basement right. open his joints right. now he's like trying to get at me but so that was the agenda I asked that question because I imagine it was something different with cannabis because Kumo D had been there. He was a legend in the game. He had established himself. It was him and a bunch of others. But cannabis came new. He came afterwards. And it was like you was a father trying to school the young blood about know your place. What was that? What was that agenda? That thing, the cannabis thing was more about like, you know, that was just, you know what? Honestly, man, that was that was just more my ego. Right. Honestly. I, I probably could have just let that go yeah. and just kept it moving. But, um, you know, listen, I was working on, I was, I think I was working on my GOAT album or just coming off my GOAT album. 
I had just introduced that terminology to the game and all that. This, this idea of being a GOAT and all that. You know, I didn't know what was going to become what it became. The greatest of all but, time. But um, yeah. I was just in that space. So, you know, he just, like, honestly, he just, you know, he it was like the equivalent of somebody running up on you when you're in a bad mood and you got a pistol on you. I got you. Know you. I mean? It was just like, it was just one of the moments. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, I got you. you know I, mean? I want to transition to this because, I, and, and, and this is not a specific question. It's more of a general question from the standpoint. You've been through a lot. You've accomplished a lot in mm-hmm. your life. You've overcome a lot of adversity. You know, you wrote a book. You talked about making your own rules. You talked about your dad and what he did with your grandfather and your mother. You talked about having to overcome that. You talked about your your, your mom having an abusive man in her life towards you. When you reflect mm-hmm. on some of the experience that you have, what is it that you want people to know about what you endured that they may not otherwise know? Well, I tell you, man, you know, I think, you know, being a kid getting a few too many beatings, um, and that's, look, that is no, my mother did the best she could. So I want to be very clear about it, that that she wasn't like idly standing by and condoning anything. Um, you know, it was just, it, it was just sometimes things get out of people's control. And that was a little bit outside of her control. She was working two jobs. She was doing her best. And, you know, you know, I was catching a bad one, um, a, a few too many beatings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What does that tell you? It tells you that you don't have to allow. Look, pressure can make diamonds or it can bust pipes. You could take bad things in your life and use them as fuel to go to the next level and make your dream a reality. Or you could take bad things that happen to you and use them as an excuse to self to implode. You know what I'm saying? To just, you know go down the, go down the drain. I chose to take those negative moments. They, 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 they made, because of the things my grandmother and grandfather was teaching me, because of the, even my mother saying to me, you know, Todd, you could do anything you put your mind to. Even when I faced those things, what they did was it was more, it became more about, more like emotional boot camp. I'm not going to tell you was, I did that on purpose by design. I'm telling you, like, that's just what ended up happening to me. Like, I just didn't allow, you know, the, the, the rough parts of my life, you know, um, seeing, you know, family members shot, bleeding on the kitchen floor. Seeing, we saw that in our neighborhood. We know that. Farmers to Hollis. Yeah, we, it was yeah, all over so, the place, no doubt. Oh, man. So, you know, I just, I just let it push me, Steve. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just let it push me. I, I, you know, I think what people should know is that what I think the real thing is there are a lot of different audiences out there when you talk about LL Cool J. You have some audiences who grew up with me and understand that I really am from the hood and I really came from a real place and I really started just like a lot of black people start in the hood in America. And then you have generations that have grown up and they've only known me and seen me through the eyes of either television or now the internet or celebrity, etc. So they almost look at me as like this guy who... It's just always been famous to them. It would be like, you know, I mean, I guess almost like a 20-year-old would look at you. Yeah. Like, you know, like they just think, you know, you're a famous sports announcer, famous journalist. They don't really know where you come from. So I would tell those people that I'm living proof that you can make it beyond the pain, you know, and, and to not let the pain that they go through on a daily basis stop them from going after their dreams. You know what I'm saying? And Nothing can stop you. 
even education, nothing. I'm saying you should be educated. Yes, you should always improve your mind. Yes, you should you should sharpen your intellectual and spiritual razor. But keep moving forward and, and believe and you can do it. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? People look at you. I remember when you were younger, you was as skinny as me. Man, I mean, you right. look like a brick wall right now. I mean, damn, you're in, you're in tremendous shape. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, I mean, we we heard, we heard the reports years ago. Somebody tried to rob your house and you beat the living hell out of them. I said that's very predictable. I said that's yeah. very believable. Have you seen LL? He'll break somebody. He'll break somebody in half. Ain't no doubt about it. I, I'm yeah. I'm wondering, you know, because again, mentally, emotionally, we got to be as sharp as we need to be. Physically, sometimes people use that to build a shield. What would you define as your ultimate shield, particularly at this moment in time in your life? The shield that just wards off everything. Love, B. Love. Just moving with love. You know what I'm saying? Moving with love, moving with faith. You know what I'm saying? Love. You know, because there is no other armor. Anything else is just whatever. It's like you got to move with love. You got to move with sincerity. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like us doing this. Your man call you, yo, would you do X and Y? Yeah, I do it. You know what I'm saying? So when I saw you at the at the hotel, whatever, at the restaurant, yep. there, I wasn't just blowing smoke and fronting. You know what I'm saying? Look, everything else, man, is, uh, you know, it comes and goes. But the love, the love remains. You know what I mean? Like, the love remains, yo. You know, Al, you know we both... Again, being from the same neighborhood, we, we, we know what it is. We know what we've had to endure. And there's a hardness that comes with it mentally and emotionally. There's this willingness to push forward and to make it happen. And we're going to do that for ourselves. I do find myself at times, and I openly confess to you, I need your help with this. I do find okay. myself losing faith sometimes as as it pertains to other people's willingness to push forward. It's like you look at the world today, man. and the respect for our elders don't seem to be what it used to be. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the focus on being on your grind and putting in that hard work and representing folks mm -hmm. the way you're supposed to represent, not just yourself, but others doesn't seem to be there. I'm, I'm not, I haven't given up. I'll never give up, but I have my moments where it's mm -hmm. like, damn, we, 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 we won't learn. How do you feel when you look at this mm -hmm. world today whether it's the rap game, it's the hip hop game, whether it's the streets themselves, which we both know. Um, how do you feel about what you're seeing from a generic perspective? So, 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 you know, here's the paradox, right? You need a strong society to have strong individuals and you need strong individuals to have a strong society. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're always kind of dealing with that, 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 that kind of, that it's like that eternity symbol. It's kind of always kind of flowing around that. Now, what do I see? I think, you know, I think we live in a world now where like, because of, I think what social media does is, social media, whatever your wound may be, social media is gonna poke it. But everybody has a different wound. Everybody has a different wound. Whatever your wound may be, social media is going to poke it 
but everybody has a different wound, right? So it's like, it's like, I think more so than kind of criticizing society, I would say this. I would say individually as human beings, we have to maximize who we are and, 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 and live our full potential. If everybody focuses on living their full potential individually, we'll have a strong society because we are all links in the chain. I got it. But are you as positive or as, as enthusiastic about us being able to pull that off now you. compared to what you may have felt 10 years ago, 20 years ago? I mean, think about what you're doing. I mean, I you, you. you still you you still I mean, you're a Hall of Famer. You're a Hall of Famer, bro. I mean, this is what you're doing. But, you know, we still see you on TV every week as well. You're influencing lives with everything that you do. People are watching you. How do you feel? Do you feel like this is we could still do what I dreamed we could do 10 years ago? I I feel like we could still do it, Steve. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like, I think, yeah, look, yeah, there's a look. Here's the thing about, you know, you know, and I say this. And I, I don't know where I read it, but it was a very interesting idea, this idea of c- cynicism kind of being like, it's like cowardice in a way. Because it's, it, it, you know, because it's easy for the cynic, if you want to be cynical, that's an easy place to just give up and be cynical. Absolutely. Because if you give up and be cynical, it don't, it don't require no courage, no strength, and you get a lot of people to agree with you. It doesn't require as much moral courage as saying, I still believe in what's possible. For me, like, I still believe. Yeah, I still believe. I know it's rough. I know, look, people are going through a lot of pain. Some people are going through pain, and it's not their fault. I get that. Some people are going through pain, and it is their fault. There's that. Um, But I think, yo, man, we just, as a people, and as a community, and as a society in general, we have to continue to you just gotta believe, man. You gotta, that's part of it. The one thing you can't calculate, the one thing that is incalculable, whether it's in conflict, war, life, is the human will. You can't calculate that. So as a people and as a society, yo, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta strap up, you gotta man up. You know what I'm saying? You gotta put your 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 spiritual armor on and your vest on and and gun up with your prayers and your faith and your actions and just keep believing even in the midst of the wild, the wild, crazy war that we're in. Do you believe, because I started off this episode talking about the American dream. I believe I'm the American dream. I believe you are. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that about Mm -hmm. yourself? Absolutely. I believe that. I believe that. I would say I'm one of the American dreams because I think every, I think that we all have different dreams. I'm just, I'm just making a finer distinction. But yes, I totally agree with you. Absolutely, man. Listen, listen. Let's be clear about one thing, though. Because I was able to achieve certain things in America does not mean that my people have always been treated fairly and justly and equitably. That's right. We know I that. Don't wanna, I don't want to in any way kind of like overstate like the, there's people sitting in jail, you know. That shouldn't be there. For, for bails that they, yeah, they, they got bails they can't even afford. Like it's absurd some of the things that happen. So, but that being said, yes, I am the American dream. I just love to see the dream come true for more people. And the dream could be as simple as having your own barbershop, having you a nice crib in Hollis or in Long Island or Jersey or, you know, 
opening up your, your, your store. You always want to open up for your hair salon or, you know, it doesn't always have to be like the billionaire, trillionaire, multimillionaire, superstar, athlete, artist, mogul. It may be a simple thing. It may be something as simple as, yo, I just want to have a job and take care of my baby's moms and, you know, feel good about life. So I believe I'm the American dream. I just would love to see more people be able to participate in it. Now, that being said, I would say that for a lot, for some, they got to get out of their own way. Because you got a lot of people that, you know, I, I think that not everybody, but a lot of people have a tendency to, to, to hold everybody and anything responsible and accountable for their, what's going on in their life except themselves. Yeah. I, I want to tell you something on a very personal level because, you know, you don't know this, but I told you that you were one of my inspirations, even though I got you by three months. You know, <laughs> you're still one of my inspirations that, <laughs> just because of doing what you do and, and accomplishing what you accomplished. But it's really not just about that. You know, doing this podcast, I own it. It's my content. I'm in control of it. And here's the deal. We got to be real with ourselves. LL, I spent years being scared to bet on me. What I mean by that is mm -hmm. work hard, do your job, be the best at it. That was it. But in terms of taking the risk and mm -hmm. going out there and saying, okay, the money ain't there. I got to do this on my own. I got to go out and earn this. I got to make this happen. Just betting on myself, people like yourself, people like yourself and so many others, the level of courage that y'all displayed throughout your life doing what you do. To me, it ain't just about the accomplishment. It was about the risk, the willingness to bet on yourself. That was the number one reason that's I wanted powerful. to talk to you today. That That's so powerful, man. And so, you know, I'm just happy I was able to provide some of that inspiration. What I would tell you is this, there's two types of courage, right? One of, one of the, cur the courage that in our community, in the black community, the courage that people are used to talking about, the normal courage that everybody thinks about, physical courage. Walking in the park, we have a fight or what or worse. We used to that kind yeah. of courage. That that type of courage. Somebody came in your house, you dealt with them, all of that kind of courage. What you're talking about is moral courage. That's a different type of courage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, like moral courage, like, like, like being willing to bet on yourself when you're afraid and you have somebody waving a check in your face to make to for, for your own security. Right. That moral courage, that guy, that that lady, that woman taking her tax return and opening her hair salon, that guy, you know, barbershop, that guy opening that shop or or whatever that you know that person opening that restaurant but doing it the right way and putting their their mortgage in their home to do it, that's moral courage, and that moral courage that you just described is probably one of the the key components to making your dreams a reality. Because I'm gonna tell you something. It is super duper 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 frightening to go after your dreams. That shit is scary. Yes, it is. Scary Excuse my French. No, no, you're right. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. So what you just said, man, I mean, that's a big, big, big deal. Like, people should not take that lightly. Betting on yourself, you know, because here's the thing. What I what's very important, especially for listeners to this podcast, to understand is that this is not a conversation um, for for millionaires and billionaires only. All right, this is a conversation for human beings. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, and, and like so, 
what they need to understand is bet on yourself where you at at the level you're at. You don't have to have half a million dollars in the bank to go at Bet on yourself where you're at. Like my grandmother said, if you got to eat shit with a splinter, if you got to, whatever you need to do, bet on yourself where you're at. Believe in you. Believe in yourself. You can do it. Now, what does that mean? It means you got to be as educated as possible. I'm not talking about degrees and stuff you hang on the wall. You got to master the business you're trying to venture into. You got to master the business you're trying to venture into. There you go. Last question for you. I can't even imagine what's next for you, my brother. I mean, you do movies. You do got a hit television show. You're in the Hall of Fame, but I, I, I mean, I'm waiting for the next album. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> Lounging in Paradise and I Need Love. and oh, I, I listen to this stuff. I listen to LL every day. You understand? I mean, what's next for you, bro? What's next? <laughs> I love it. I'm, you know, I've been teasing an album, thinking about it. Um, uh, I did, you know, complete one um, that, that Q-Tip executive produced, and we'll see, you know, what happens, you know what I'm saying? But let me tell you, I've created, I think, some really special music. Me and Q-Tip did uh, an album that I think is really spectacular because it's innovative. It's not spectacular in the sense that, ooh, you know, he's better than everybody, or ooh, he's going to teach young boys what to do, or young girls. It's not that. It's just I think it's a body of work that's interesting if you want to hear OG's take on it. I just want to keep doing great things. I got Rock the Bells. Yep. That last thing I'll just tell you about, um, which is a, is a platform um, where we, we lift up, you know, timeless hip-hop culture. We got content, commerce, experience. I just channel. I listen to it every day. Festival. Every day. That's my music. Yeah. And it's not only the channel. It's also it's the channel, SiriusXM Channel 43, and it's also a platform that we built out that really helps brands connect like you have brands for your podcast. If those brands wanted to talk to the hip hop community, if they wanted to talk to timeless hip hop culture, they would come to Rock the Bells and we would show them how to talk to our community and our culture in a real positive way. So I got a lot of cool things going on. People should, um, they should go to rockthebells.com. They'll be able to see some of those things. And, um, you know, I'm just, just happy to be doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And there's more to come. I got a lot of lot of things planned. That's what you do. That's what you've always done. I've known this since I was a kid. Ain't nothing but love this way, my brother. I'm always here for you, and I appreciate you being here for me, man. I can't thank you enough, my brother. I really can't. Thank you so much. No doubt. Appreciate you. No doubt. Much love. Salute, baby. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> All right, boss. Love it. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith I gotta tell you um, I wasn't just blowing smoke Because that's just not what I do Listening to LL Cool J um, I just can't tell y'all how much it, 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 I didn't do him enough justice in terms of telling him what he's meant to me throughout my life, listening and watching him. I grew up in the same neighborhood, literally a mile from him, five minutes away. And to watch him as a teenager, would I need a beat to rock the bells? To I, I mean, hey, lover with boys to men, lounging, paradise, you know, phenomenon. You know, I mean, cars riding by the booming system. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. 
I watched his brother grow. I watched his brother do some phenomenal, phenomenal things. But more importantly, I saw the haters, the cynics along the way that were trying to derail him in his path. You'll never be Run DMC. You'll never be Curtis Blow. You'll never be KRS-One. Cool Mo D. You can't hang with these cats, etc., etc. LL is a legend. And that was the beautiful thing about him being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that level of recognition, because ladies and gentlemen, how many people have withstood the test of time the way that he has? And when you talk about being a role model, when you talk about being an inspiration, a level of motivation or a source of motivation, the American dream, as we were talking about. Didn't you hear why? Didn't you hear why? Didn't you listen to his attitude? Didn't you hear what he had to say? Does that sound Did LL Cool J sound like somebody that you could just walk up to and say anything? And he was just going to gravitate towards it. Believe it, absorb it and take your word as gospel. Or was he going to educate himself and edify himself and make sure that he was knowledgeable enough about the issues, whatever they may be, whether it involves his craft, whether it involves the business of show business, whether it involves politics or news or the streets. It don't matter. He comes from a place that mandates inside his soul. that You got to know what the hell you're talking about. Or you got to do everything you can to find out. Because ignorant. Ain't always bliss. A matter of fact, more often than not, it's absolutely not blissful at all. There's going to be a lot of podcasts coming your way three times a week. At least one hour. No mercy with Stephen A. Smith. And I'm just telling you. That was just an example of the things I have coming down the pike. You never know who I'm going to talk to. You never know what I'm going to talk about. And you damn sure never know what positions I'll take. Chris Rock said one time when he was doing his stand up, I mean, all of this Republican, uh, Democrat, whether it's, it's conservative, progressive, he says conservative, liberal. Guess what? Some things I'm conservative about, some things I'm liberal about. Now, I won't repeat everything that he said. But I remember. With me. Taxes, money. I'll be damned. I ain't conservative. Other things. I'm very, very liberal, but I'm unapologetically about business because, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what issue you bring up. They can try to act any old way they want to. Guess what? Everything comes down to money, doesn't it? In this day and age. Students don't longer have to pay their loans. Did you hear the news? Y'all really think that's free? You really think the trillion plus dollars it's going to cost this country is not going to come back to bite you? I don't. Oil. Fossil fuel. Coal. State of California and Gavin Newsom. We don't want you buying any cars that need gas now. We want you to buy the electric cars. Got enough portals for all those electric cars you want people to buy? Oh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast. We're going to get into a lot of things because you know something, ladies and gentlemen. You can't possibly know how to achieve the American dream. If you don't know a damn thing about what the American dream entails. And the minefields that you have to maneuver yourself through in order to get to that point. 
But you're going to learn it on this podcast. Come hella high water. That I promise you. My reputation precedes me. I don't BS. I tell you what I feel, how I feel, and why. With facts to back up my position. All day, every day. And I do it without blinking or without stuttering. It has been my way and it's going to continue to be my way. So help me God. I don't know how big of a player I'll end up being. So I say this facetiously, yet very, very seriously. There's a new voice in town. Buckle up. Get ready. This is just the beginning. And I have no plans on stopping in the near future. A reminder, this content is controlled by me. This is mine. That means I get pretty much to say what the hell I want. How I want. And I'll be damned if that's an opportunity that I'm going to pass up on. I thank you for listening. I hope and pray that you will continue. Because a storm is coming. It really, really is. Buckle up and get ready. I can't wait. And yes, I do sports. I do that too. So forgive me for saying this punchline. But my producers gave it to me and I kind of love it. You don't have to know sports to know mercy. Stephen A. signing off. Thanking you as always for your time spent listening to me. I sincerely hope and pray it will continue. Until next time, peace and love. No mercy. Signing off. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcast. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.